Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman, and I am the founding director of the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington. And we're here every single week talking about how to succeed in product management. And we choose a different topic every week. And this week, there's been a topic that keeps coming up among people who want to become product managers, and that is, do I need an MBA? And I am biased a little bit, admittedly, because I teach marketing and I teach product management here at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. But I actually do not think the answer is yes for everyone. I think an MBA works uh, for some product managers or future product managers. And for others, I think there are easier or better paths. And so we're going to find out, not do you need an MBA, because I think I've said you do not need an MBA to be a product manager, but we're going to find out exactly from at least one person, how does an MBA match and help inform what you do as a product manager? With that, we have a student here at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business who is both a student and a product manager. We also have Red, who is here every week is the reason why we have this podcast and clubhouse show. Red, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I think without Sumeya here, we're going to welcome audience participation far earlier in the show. So tell them a little bit about that process. Absolutely. Well, first of all, if you notice above my head, there's a little red dot that is not for me. It is to let the world know that we are recording tonight's show. Part of why we're doing that is because not everyone could make it. And to be inclusive for all ears of all kinds, we started a podcast. So we could turn tonight's conversation into over-the-air radio show for anyone who wants to listen after the fact. And you can find it on How to Succeed in Product Management. If you're listening to this right now, chances are you probably found it. Now, in addition to that, as Jeff pointed out, I'm one of the individuals who loves, loves this group. I'm one of the founding advisory board members. We started a Slack group. And if you're interested in getting involved, whether you have a question and you want to bring it up before you invite people up to the stage, or you want to participate with 1,200 other product managers that are equally passionate about an environment where anyone can become a PM, please join that group as well. I'll put a link right above my head as well. So with that in mind, I see a lot of friendly faces down below. I'm giving a proverbial hello wave, a virtual wave to Seton, Chris, Matt, Sfat, all of you. It's so nice to have you back. Kelsey, we're excited to have a great show tonight with you. So I'm going to hand it back to Jeff, but I'll be here to help anyone who has any questions and keep your eyes glued to the screen. So I'll be putting that Slack post in now. And if you're someone who's listening to the show on a podcast, you could just find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Just look my name up, Red Rusak, and I'll help get you into that community. Inclusive for all. All right. Thank you, Red. And again, if you want to chime in on your experience as a product manager, if you do have an MBA and how that affected your journey, or if you do not have an MBA, how you've been able to be just fine, or if there's some things that you wish you might might have learned. So again, today we're talking about how will an MBA affect a product manager's journey. And our, our main guest here today is Kelsey. Kelsey, tell us a little bit about where you're a product manager and introduce yourself a little bit. Hey, Jeff. Thank you. 
My name is Kelsey Joyce, and I'm a senior product manager at a company called Bright Healthcare. So far, most of my experience has been in the healthcare technology and delivery space. And I agree. I don't think you need an MBA to be a product manager, but as someone who's a little bit biased and pursuing my MBA, I can tell you and the audience a little bit about why I decided to pursue one and how I think it's helping me in my product management roles. I actually obtained my first product manager role before I started my MBA. And just that was how I first decided and got on this path to start school at the University of Washington Foster because I wanted more formal business education. I wanted to increase my ability to talk about business problems and understand the uh, all the aspects of a business that product management can solve problems for and touch. All right. So tell us a little bit, dive deeper, because I think another thing that another common question we get is how do you break into product management? So tell us about your path to getting that first product management job. What did you go through? What feelings were you having in that process? Kind of shed light on that first before we dive into how you decided to get the MBA and what's going on in it. Great. So most of my experience, like I mentioned, is in the healthcare space, healthcare industry. And prior to being a product manager, I was an analyst and constantly solving problems for users, being able to be the person who is the interface between technology and the end users in those roles and realized how much I loved solving problems, building efficiencies, giving users tools to improve their workflow and understand, you know, what actions we could drive from technology. And uh, was able to use the experience of being a business analyst to kind of like find milestones, find accomplishments that related toward the product track. Things like improvements to workflows, improvements to saving, you know, saving money, becoming more efficient. Um, And that was kind of how I landed my first product management role. I think that's very helpful because a lot of the people that Red and I talk to are wondering, you know, if I can't get into product management, what job uh, should I get into that might help me then transition to product management? And then once I'm in that job, what do I do to be able to make the case that I'm ready? And so that's a valuable story. Kelsey, thanks for sharing. And now I'm curious, so you're already a product manager. And a question we get is, should I get an MBA if I want to become a product manager? What inspired you to go to school while you are a product manager? Well, my first product management role was with a company called MCG Health, which has been around for 20 plus years building healthcare technology products. And having joining a company that had been around for so long, the vernacular used in on the product management team and the processes in place and the discovery that we were doing with users I realized that they're going from analyst to product manager, being able to understand and translate all of the problems, being able to understand and translate metrics and what we actually, the value that the products we were building could bring to those users. And once I kind of evaluated that gap in knowledge, I talked to some mentors and some peers who had kind of made the analyst track as well, or 
became product managers off the analyst track and also had MBAs. And so the recommendations came from a lot of my colleagues and peers to be able to fill in that gap with more formal education. And so I want to make sure this doesn't come across as a marketing pitch for my employer, the (laughs) University of Washington's Foster School of Business, because I think you and I both agree that an MBA is not for everyone, and it's not for everyone who wants to be a product manager or succeed in product management. I'm curious, based off of your experience so far, are there any, just to make sure that before we dive into all the ways that it has helped you, do you have any insight as to who it may not be for? Like uh, who is outside the target market? Who should say, who would you recommend a different path to being in product management or succeeding in product management? Let me think about that for a moment. I would say generally, if you have a more technical background, my undergrad was in communication. And so I have a lot of the more empathetic approach to user stories and user journeys in in my background, but not the technical pieces, not the business pieces. I think for people trying to break into product management who maybe have a more technical background, I think it's a little bit easier because you might have already half of the half of the language, half of the understanding. If you can understand your engineers, if you can understand more of the technical stakeholders that you might be working with, that interface is already kind of half done, right? So it's just learning. Well, here I am back to uh, why an MTA might be great, but I think that you can pick that up through working with your peers and understanding the user problems. All right. So I tried because again, Red and I get this question all the time. Should I get my MBA if I want to get into product management? I tried my best to make it not sound salesy because it, it, we're not trying to be salesy. We're just trying to help people make informed decisions. So uh, it sounds like it's easier for you to dive into where the MBA has been helpful. And then somebody could decide if they already have those areas where it's already helpful or there's other ways to get that. But let's dive into that. What are some ways uh, that it's it's been helpful to your journey as a product manager? Absolutely. I'm realizing I'm more biased than perhaps I thought uh, through this conversation. So I'm in my second year of my MBA and starting in the middle of a pandemic, I started in fall 2020. Um, Many of my classmates and I were maybe chosen interesting time to start an MBA program. Something that brought us together is, you know, in the face of adversity, coming together around that mutual goal. Um, We had a lot of other things going on in our lives. And generally, that's true for everyone, especially true now. And I think one of the main core concepts that you learn just as you're getting started is how to organize and build an effective team. That's directly applicable to your role as a product manager, right? You're interfacing with many different teams. It's often a cross-functional position. And being able to learn some of the core concepts around potentially avoiding groupthink, learning about emotional intelligence. I've heard psychological safety come up a few times and building that within all of the different teams that you're working on, I think is a major benefit to being a product manager. 
All right. And so, Red, you've been sitting here, you know, normally you get a little bit more, uh, quite a few different perspectives of me, Sumeya, and some battles. Now you get to dig up controversy because uh, Kelsey and I are talking generally about who should get an MBA in their product management journey. Chime in here, stoke some controversy, get some questions going. Well, I got two. I got two. First of all, you two are clearly biased, right? Because you're a part of the institution. I have not gotten my MBA, but I am interested in pursuing it for other reasons, but not for product management. But Kelsey, you know, this whole show, this whole program that we started for product managers was about making it a more diverse and equitable opportunity. And, you know, if I'm going to talk about the two of you being somewhat biased about being in the institution, I kind of have to play with words here a bit. But how diverse is the MBA program for what you're doing? And what I'm thinking about is, in general, when I'm talking about the world of PMs, it is generally hard to get into the PM world from what we've seen, and we want to make that easier. But when you look at your MBA class and the types of students that are in there, would you say that the program is currently filled in an equitable way, or is it still in need of more diversity? Do we need to encourage more people from more backgrounds to get involved in that program or even be aware that it's available? So it's a slightly loaded question, but there's no wrong answer here. In my experience and in my, you know, cohort, my program, I'm actually in Foster's hybrid MBA program. So specific set, a subset of MBA programs Foster offers. I would say that there's always more work we can do as far as diversity welcoming everyone into educational opportunities um, and product management opportunities. However, there is quite a broad, I think there's about 90 students in my class year. And the range in ages, industries, experiences is quite variable. There's certainly a lot of current product managers or people who want to break into product management are in, are pursuing an MBA for that reason. But when I look at my current position, you know, if I, if I think about how diverse my cohort is and all of the different paths that people took to to come together to pursue their MBA and compare that to the product managers in my field. I think only I work on a team of about eight right now and only one other person has their MBA. So they come, a lot of the folks that I work with come from engineering background, which is why I mentioned that if you have an engineering background, maybe an MBA isn't required, isn't needed, or the analyst background, like I mentioned, for my from my own experience as well. It's interesting you point that out. If you have engineering as a background, we've had a whole show talking about progressing from eng to, pr- to product specifically, and that's one back door that is more equitable potentially as, a, as an avenue. But Kelsey, I'm shifting gears here, and I'm, the reason I'm doing that is I, I work from home, right? So I'm trying to balance what I think most of the world has experienced is the work-life balance. And what you've done by joining the MBA program is you've really stacked the cards to a new category of work-life school balance, which is really a whole nother level of managing. And I'm curious uh, on two levels, like one, how are you mentally managing that? Because it's already hard enough to do work-life balance in this new virtual era. And the second one, I think, is more so about your employer. How did the work and your company handle that knowledge, knowing that you were about to, for lack of a better term, split your capacity to your education rather than giving 100% of that capacity to your work environment. 
Okay, uh, starting with how I'm doing, definitely challenging. Perhaps I have, like I said, I'm already a product manager, so I perhaps already understand how to prioritize both my work and my life and have some of the skills that draw me to the profession to be able to organize and prioritize and take on both work and school. There are weeks that maybe things get done instead of perfect. And there are, I think, understanding and being able to prioritize my life around what projects really, really matter in school versus what deliverables really, really matter at work and figuring out when it can just be done. So I think from that perspective, I'm probably just a good candidate in that way. And I, I recognize that I, I can kind of compartmentalize and figure out where those things give and take. Work on work has been extremely supportive of, you know, the pursuit of my MBA in that they find the advanced education valuable and believe that it will make me a better you know, better employee and a better product manager overall. And I think the hope is that, you know, when someone, when I, what I learn in school, I'm bringing back to my company overall. And so I think we all win with them being supportive. And that's where that's coming from. That's a very positive answer. I do have to throw in there, does your program or your work environment also support education financially? Because I know there are a number of, at least in Seattle, a number of companies, if you're going to go to an MBA program, they'll actually pay for part of it. Just because of what you said, Kelsey, they see the value so much they're going to invest. My current company does not. My prior company did support it. And absolutely, I know that many companies do. And I would recommend if this is something that you're considering, like talk to your your leadership about it, talk to HR about it. I think that generally companies see this as a valuable investment. And maybe if they don't offer that benefit already, it's something that you could, I don't know, get started. No, this is a good tip for everyone who's listening right now. This is a time of year where most companies are presenting their promotions or their attractive salary increases to keep you for a year. But this is a time to say, hey, is there something I didn't use? like my education budget? Is there is there something I didn't take advantage of that I should? And then that's what you might want to go into sales mode and say, is it use it or lose it? Or can I double down next year? But Jeff, this isn't about taking advantage of company dollars. This is more so about MBA for PMs, but I thought I'd throw that one in there. <laughs> well, it's not taking advantage. That sounds so nebulous or uh, nefarious. It is utilizing appropriately to help meet company objectives. Right, Red? Very pragmatic of you, sir. Very yes. pragmatic. All right. Again, we get this question quite a lot. Should I get my MBA if I want to be a product manager or I want to be an effective product manager? Uh, we've got two biased people here. Kelsey is in her MBA at the moment while also being a product manager. And I teach product management at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. But Red is our independent arbiter of truth and justice. And you can get involved in this conversation if you want to ask a question of Kelsey or, or me as a professor of what happens in an MBA program, raise your hand. If you have an MBA and you want to share how it helped or did not help uh, your journey as a product manager, raise your hand. Red, you could start pulling people on stage while I ask uh, Kelsey this next question. Kelsey, you mentioned psychological safety. Is there another 
framework or tool that you've used that you've learned in the program that you just saw instantly could help you as a product manager that you could share with with some others here today? Yes, absolutely. There's a number of coursework, different frameworks and coursework that can be applied to the product management profession. I'm sure we've all heard that as a product manager, you're the CEO of your problem or of your product. So all really like a lot of aspects can be applied to the management of said product. I think something that can be applied is understanding the competitive market across where your product might be delivered. So if you're working in a B2B environment, understanding what other players are in your space and in your industry and how they might react to your launch, how they might trying to anticipate what their reaction might be and evaluating who else is playing and assessing your competitive advantage or landscape to figure out whether you're down the right, you know, down the right path, or maybe you need to alter your strategy, alter your positioning, understand your user a little bit better to be able to really drive that value forward, even, and that even applies in a B2C environment as well. Well, thank you, Kelsey. And I hate to jump in here, but one of the things I love the most is when we have people jump onto the stage and want to participate and ask questions or contribute. So just a reminder to everybody we have right now the opportunity for you to raise your hand. But I want to remind y'all, it is a recorded line. So, you know, for my sake, I'm saying a lot of things every week. And for those people who know me personally, I don't have a very good filter. So <laughs> when I see that red button, I fear it greatly. So I'm here just to you're, help you understand. You're not supposed <laughs> to scare them. You're just supposed to remind them that it's being recorded and everybody could hear what they say. Um, you know, <laughs> that's... that's that is the message I was hoping to have come across. But Jeff, where would I be without you? So that said, please come to the stage. We're trying to not only help tonight's community, but ultimately for the people who couldn't be here tonight, give an opportunity for you to share above and beyond. All I ask is that if you're going to come up on stage and raise your hand as I've invited you, uh, make sure you have a profile picture and your profile has something to do with the business world. So if you're here to talk about being a yoga teacher and to enlighten us all, you can slide into my DMs, but not into our hearts, not this day. So with that in mind, I saw Jay, you were the first one to raise your hand. And with someone who's worked with product management and startups, and I think you're in Minneapolis, bring us home here. What's your question? How can you contribute today? Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff and Red, for bringing me up on stage. You know, I love the fact that today you guys are not dissing the physical therapist, you know. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's that kind of positive reinforcement that'll help Red drop that line. Wait, can I just (laughs) say, I just want to explain to anyone who hasn't listened to our show before that I tend to not want to bring up physical therapists to ask product manager questions. I just don't see the connection. But Jay, you can convince me of otherwise after your question. (laughs) No, we're in the same boat on that. I don't see the connection either. But, you know, well, they might be changing careers, I guess. So I think my, I don't have a question per se for Kelsey. I think the first one would be just a clarification on, you know, she said her background is as an analyst. I tend to see mostly business analysts kind of move over to product management roles. But I was just wondering on her side, is it, was she talking about a BA or was she an actual data analyst? And then as it pertains to what you guys are talking to, 
today. This is like, I was just laughing on my end before I got on stage because my company, we are not, so we are a hundred year old company, a healthcare organization, I should say. And we are transitioning from being project focused in, uh, into being more of a product led organization. And so we're kind of having different challenges. And one of the challenges that we've been tackling for the past two weeks, hence why I was laughing, it's like, you know, Jeff and Red, you guys knew my problem. Today was the fact that as we're hiring, as we're onboarding new individuals, we're realizing there's that sweet balance between someone being strategic as well as being able to execute. So when I say strategic is the part being able to capture the voice of the customer, being able to understand products, as well as being able to understand the customer need, right? And then on the execution side, it will be the processes like agile. And one of the things that we are finding is individuals confusing agility as being product management, but that's a discussion for another time. But as it pertains to one of the things that I think the MBA, just to tie back to the discussion that you're having, I think the strategic part, I'm finding that people, if you're missing the business operations side, you've never worked in business operations or the healthcare operations side, given that we're in healthcare. I think candidates with MBAs, you know, the MBA program kind of, I believe the, the individuals that we're seeing, it kind of helps them be able to kind of compensate for the lack of experience in that area. But I'm Jay and I'm done speaking. Wow. Well, first of all, Jay, I love the regular listener vibe going on right now, which is, you know, brings warmth to our hearts that Jeff and I are onto something and providing value for the community. As far as the data analyst versus business analyst, I know we want to address that topic. And you give us a lot of good fodder for future shows. But as far as MBA, I, before we move on to the next question, but this isn't really one that you've asked, but more a point, what would advice do you have for people in the healthcare space as far as what it's like to be a PM? in a highly regulated industry versus I believe where Kelsey's background is coming from. I'm curious to see if there's really any any difference in terms of your approach and how that might impact your interest in an MBA program. So that's really a question for you, Jay. I don't know if you're open to answering it. I'm happy to, to go privately in Slack if that's more comfortable for you. So, sorry, Red. Ask the question one more time. Um, my dog is busy talking here, but <laughs> ask the question one more time. I was just going to say that healthcare being a highly regulated industry, is there any difference in terms of in one's individual want or need to approach an MBA program different than coming from a non-highly regulated industry, whether it's consumer-focused or B2B? There's just something about working in health that, from a PM's perspective, is very different. And I don't know if that has any influence or change into one whether or not someone would want to approach an MBA program. Yeah, that's a great question. So traditionally, yes, we are very highly regulated for good reasons. We do need to be able to protect our patients, but all, uh, also our employees. I think, and I can only speak in terms of what I'm seeing right now, because we're in such a heavy hiring mode right now. We are seeking individuals, given that we want to, we're developing next, next generation healthcare products, we're seeking for individuals who have a diverse background and experience. And so right now, individuals from financial services tend to, given that those, that industry is also heavily regulated, they tend to seem to come in and fit well. I think, you know, the frustration would be for an individual who's coming from an industry that is not regulated is 
the pace that we move is not as fast as a non-regulated or heavily a non-heavily regulated industry and so i think the biggest challenge will be on the individual in in terms of pace in terms of how we move things through between all the committee approvals and you know and so on i don't know if that answered the question oh, yeah. the way you are hoping. it does and also for anyone who's interested in in being a product manager in the healthcare space jay hopefully you're in the slack community as a resource because people not only want to try to find a way into being PMs, but they also want to choose their industry that is most interesting to them and most passionate. So Absolutely. Is it okay if I put a plug? I am actually hiring. We, we heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kelsey, I saw you come off mute. I, I don't know if you were looking for a job. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what did you want to weigh in? Yeah, the only thing I wanted to add to the conversation is, I think Jay is absolutely right. The pacing is very different in healthcare. In addition, the opportunity is incredible, right? When we look at the way the healthcare industry is changing with interoperability and lots of other tech, you know, tech-based initiatives, something that draws me to the healthcare industry is that the outcomes of individual patients is always a value driver in addition to the dollars being the ultimate driver. But the thing that I love most about working in healthcare is that there's more intrinsic value to the work that you do and that you can truly change lives for patients and providers with the work that you're doing. And just wanted to add that as, you know. Thank you, Kelsey. Red, sorry to interrupt here, but I my ears perk up when somebody says I'm hiring product managers because we have a goal here at the University of Washington to empower 100 new product managers from historically marginalized communities by June 2022. We have currently an inclusive product management accelerator, a cohort of people many of which have some healthcare background. So Jay, are you hiring any first-time PMs in adjacent roles like analysts like Kelsey, or are you only looking for experienced PMs? On my side of the organization, unfortunately, I need experienced PMs. In about 18 months, I might be in that phase where I can bring in brand new PMs. Yeah. All right. So you heard it here. If you're in the healthcare industry with some experience and you're looking for a new opportunity, reach out to Jay. And Jay, you heard it here too. Reach out to me in 18 months because we'll have another cohort next year that I'm sure will have some healthcare background and would love to work with you. Red, sorry to interrupt, but you know how my ears, they have like that spidey sense. When I hear there's an opportunity to help some of these inclusive product management fellows, I try my best to take advantage. Not take advantage. What I said, what was the word I used last time? Oh, um, it's okay. Properly the- utilized. Yes, very, again, (laughs) pragmatic of you, sir. Uh, So Jay, thank you for jumping up and again, bringing just such a joy to our hearts. I would love to now move our attention over to, and hopefully I'm saying your name correctly, Cozy, which I believe, and if I'm reading this correctly, you come from a background with a PhD. So you're no, you know, you're no stranger to the education system, but ultimately from a different angle, what's your question and how can we help? Yeah, sure. Thanks so much. So again, this is Kosi speaking. I guess my question is, and I want everybody to kind of take this lightly, not to, you know, become defensive in any way. It's an honest question that I think the field of product management really needs to face. What do you think the role of product managers actually is, especially in the face of you know, product development really moving more to a customer-centered, market-centered 
focus. So if we're calling somebody a product manager, so the typical product manager when they're hired is assigned to a product or, you know, maybe uh, they might be assigned to a feature and that is kind of done for a while. They'll be assigned to another feature, maybe in another product. But we know that products disappear. The market no longer might not demand that product. The name might change. The way it looks obviously needs to change. And, you know, as product management and like different organizations start to embrace UX, this is becoming more and more apparent. It's not even like a lot of organizations are in pure waterfall, but they're at this junction where product managers, it seems like oftentimes aren't sure what to do or what to manage when, you know, faced with customer feedback and the fact that maybe customers don't want their product anymore, or maybe customers don't want their feature anymore. Uh, Kelsey, in in the interest of what we've heard so far, what's your initial response to that? And has an MBA philosophically changed your opinion towards that approach in that? Could it be a personal opinion or is that just something that's, again, based on the kind of company you're working for? I think that's a fantastic question. What is the role of the product manager? I often think about this, and I think I heard it somewhere throughout my journeys, but the role of the product manager is a problem manager. So finding a user's problem and solving it with a tool, with technology, with a process could be, could solutioning could look very, very different based on the user's need and what they want. Often it's like a tool or technology. And to Cozy's point about what do you do when it's not wanted anymore? What do you do? To me, that's a new problem. That's a new problem to solve. So maybe the solution doesn't look that way anymore. Maybe it doesn't delivered in the same way. And taking it back to the user to understand what changed, what's happened, and diving in deeper with them, I think, is the approach that I would take. And and I think in an MBA helps in that way to ensure that the path forward is truly based on all of those inputs, all of understanding the problem, understanding the value delivered, and understanding the strategy to get to where the user wants you to go. Kelsey brought up and answered the question. Hopefully you heard it. Does that get you to a place where you you feel like, hey, I understand what a role of a product manager is? And how, and of course, an MBA helps get you there. The good news is, it was a great question. And I got pinged in my back channels about that because a lot of people were like, I've always wanted to know how to simplify it. So uh, we have it recorded. But uh, one of the things I found to be really funny tonight, Jeff, is our focus on pragmatism. And Kelsey, you took a pause there. And you were like, how do I say this? And you said the most amazing thing, which is that the MBA program opens up your eyes to what is a product manager and reinforces these skills, these foundations that unfortunately, if you're a PM on the go or you're in a PM in a regulated industry, you might not get to flex all those muscles all the time. And the MBA is reminding you of what those muscles feel like, what they're like to use and what they are for some PMs. They just don't have the time to listen to customers. Isn't that a sad thing? I meet PMs all the time. are like, I just don't have enough time in my week to listen to customers as much as I should. And it's just that reminder that you're getting, you can't compromise. At least an MBA program is there to say, it's not compromising. You should not compromise on these tenants. So hopefully, Kelsey, I've captured at least that moment of what you described because I, I really, truly enjoyed it. And hopefully, Cozy gets you a step closer to your answer. 
I want to kind of dive into something else that Kosi said. So Kelsey said, I've actually heard that before Felix Watson Jr., who's on the steering committee for the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, always uses that expression, a product manager is a, a problem manager. But my question, Kosi's question that I want to make sure we get to, part of it is, what happens when your problem is that you're obsolete? So like what you own you've learned that you shouldn't own it anymore. And maybe what you think you should be uh, pivoting to is already addressed by under somebody else's responsibilities. That Maybe there's another product manager who's overseeing the solution that could be adapted to that. So what do you do when that happens? Right, exactly. And it's like, even if we say you're managing a problem space, that problem space will eventually go away, right? Like the market does change. It might not go away for a long time. It might be a shorter period of time. I mean, the only thing that's really constant or relatively constant is your team and the composition of your team. And, you know, maybe the ability of your team to work well together, the practices that you're employing to solve whatever problem the market might bring you. And so it's really something I want to understand from the field of product manager management, like practitioners, how are you kind of dealing with this, uh, you know, new way of approaching business, I guess. And so, Kelsey, if I may dive into the weeds, I think Kosi wants to make it more general. And I want to dive into that weeds of how organizations are set up in terms of when are you rewarded for just putting your hands and saying, hey, all the evidence says we don't need this and this is what I was supposed to do. And how much are you able to then take over a different piece of that product uh, that may be somebody else's turf, but where your problem and customer focus is leading you? Absolutely. I can give you my take, although this has not necessarily happened in my experience. Although ideally, it's inevitable. Ideally, I solve the problem, right? And so I need to move on to other things because I have, I think like that's potentially something to strive for in that you are able to deliver value in a way that you can move on and start solving other problems. I don't know if this is possible, but I'm curious if anyone who potentially has more experience than me who's listening, wants to speak up and potentially try to answer when, you know, a fundamental pivot needs to be made because the product you might be working on or the problem you're solving is no longer relevant or has gone away. I'm not sure if we can do that or if anyone can chime in there. All right. Food for thought. Red, we have a hand up. Do we want to take, and it's Shaylee who's uh, been a volunteer helping us out. So let's get Shaylee up here to, I think she wants to chime in. Red, if you can get Shaylee to chime in, pull her up, uh, have her chime in, and then we can get to Nimish and Carlton's question. Hey everyone. How is it going? Good to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, as Kelsey said, I mean, it's a good problem if, I mean, if the problem doesn't exist anymore, but hopefully as you are part of an organization, you're always doing the user research where you know what are the problems to solve. And if if other organization is already actually working on that particular solution for that problem, for that customer, right? The newer problem that you're trying to solve for. Hopefully you're taking your customers to that particular product on that team or the company. Because overall, you are trying to solve for, I mean, if I was taking a look at Amazon, if Amazon's other product is already solving a problem, then I would just guide my customers to that particular product because that still resides within the team and the organization in general. But, and then hopefully you can work on a newer product. That's what I've done at Nike here. And if you're going to fail, fail fast, right? And for you to then jump back up and create another product. 
Rock on. Shaylee, I have to say thank you for coming up on stage. And, and uh, Kosi, you brought a really strong topic and multiple elements. Was that helpful or are we missing any components? I do want to leave room for others, but I want to make sure we brought you to completion with this initial question. I appreciate that, Red. I think that, you know, these are really good answers. I think maybe more of the question just resides in, you know, the name product management because, you know, language matters. And, you know, if somebody's kind of coming in and maybe is newer to the field and they think that they're supposed to be managing this product, that can cause a lot of friction if, you know, that product needs to totally change, not exist, change its name, maybe cause a lot of confusion for product managers. And so it's really a question for the field. Like, what are these managers actually managing is something that's pretty important. And, you know, MBAs, I think are obviously really helpful. Education is always really helpful. And, you know, maybe um, I'll just keep exploring, uh, but I'm not exactly sure, you know, I guess if, you know, the role is for strategy or kind of being a BA and bringing problem spaces or market research to a team, maybe like an MBA background makes sense. Um, But I've, I've heard from a lot of mentors that sometimes an MBA might not be as helpful as maybe entrepreneurship training or entrepreneurship experience um, when it comes to like launching. Now, Kosi, that sounds like a fun topic for another day, which is <laughs> we should see whether we go down the path of entrepreneur versus, uh, again, and Jeff, help me out here. What's the pragmatic word for someone who's been through the institution system, right? They're finely educated, but they haven't actually been in the field with as much time as the education. Uh, what do you call that? Again, it's the opposite of an entrepreneur. Like they haven't been in, they're just, they've learned all the ideas, but they're not, the, they're book smart, not street smart. Well, Red, if I may interrupt, Shaylee also has an MBA at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. So as we get to Nimish and Carlton's question, we have now two MBA Ooh. grads who can kind of express a little bit of uh, <laughs> what aspects have helped them. And and I think to Kosi's point, maybe there are some aspects that might hinder, but we could get into that. But let's make sure we get uh, Nimish and Carlton some chance. That's right. Mind. So pushing the topic to another day. So Nimish, we've been waiting for you, and I don't know where you are in the world in this photo. It looks like North Carolina. Please, what is it we can do to help? What's your question for the stage? Thank you. Yeah, the I think the previous question was really insightful. And along those lines, I come from an engineering background. So I've been trying to uh, learn a few uh, things about product management and uh, trying to shadow in my company itself. So the one thing that I stumble upon in this decision and our topic is mainly talking to our finance and marketing teams. So say for a decision for someone who will be directly transitioning from engineering to product, how do we essentially bridge that gap so that we can better collaborate with our finance and marketing team when we are getting that product out? And that's what I'm on the line where would an MBA give me that background so that I'll I'll have a more better perspective for better efficient collaboration? Ooh, that's a great question. And now, as Jeff pointed out, we have uh, both Kelsey and Shaylee. Kelsey, being first really to the show, what would you say to that? How, is it, how could an MBA help approach that problem? And then Shaylee, would love for you to weigh in if you can afterward. Thanks for the, the question, Nimish. I, I think absolutely. I think when you are considering how to represent the product you're working on to to marketing, to finance. It's really about presenting, being able to present the positioning of that product and how it 
provides value to your user, why they want it, why they need it, what problem it solves for them. And so coming from an engineering background, you know the ins and outs of how a given solution might work. You know all of the all of the how, but do you know the what and the why of the problem you're trying to solve? And I think that is definitely something that an MBA can help with. And also just like thinking like, why did we create this, how we created it and what we created, but why does the user need it is probably the best line of thinking to communicate, you know, the marketing, right? So that they can sell your product at launch. An MBA helps with this um, by giving you both kind of like that more formal language to be able to use in those spaces and with those subject matter experts, as well as the understanding of, you know, the user, what their journey might be and how to appeal to them. Yeah, I could not have said it any better. <laughs> Great job, Kelsey. Uh, just one last thing I would want to add here is since you are an engineer, if you want to go work in either marketing or finance technology sectors or companies, then having an MBA and having that terminology, as Kelsey mentioned, would definitely help you get that position as a product manager as well, because you would be able to tell not only the the why and how, you already know, but why and what, but then also being able to kind of speak their terms as well. Yeah, those are great inputs. I would also like to hear on the other side, say if I'm moving into a technical product management itself, what would be one or two highlights that you can think of right now would help better without going the MBA route? So the other side of the coin. What would be the top actions you would uh, recommend? I'm only being uh, sensitive to the others who want to ask questions, but uh, I'll let uh, Shaley or Kelsey, first one to unmute. You can take that question and then we'll move on. Who wants to present the other side of the coin? As in, why would you want to get an MBA if you want to be a technical product manager? Did I understand the question correctly? Nimish, that was a clarifying question back to you. Yeah, no. So if... Uh, one decide not to get an MBA, but uh, go into the vertical path, how would I be able to better manage or have one or two top uh, action items? Uh? Yeah, absolutely. I would say start you know, taking a look at, so as an engineer, you're always taking a look at your architectural or any of the technology that you're building or the code at literally the 10 feet view. But as a technology product manager, I think it would be good for you to then start thinking about taking a look at what you're going to be building and how, but maybe from like 100 or 10,000 feet, not even 10,000, maybe 1,000 foot view, where you would be able to then also going back to the business product managers and be able to tell them exactly what you're building and why. Okay. So just kind of, yeah, higher lines. (laughs) Shaley, sorry sorry to cut you off there. And Nimish, thank you. I want to leave room for one more question before closing thoughts. And I know you've been waiting so patiently. So Nimish, thank you for that double question. Also, uh, I do believe Shaley's in the Slack group as well as Kelsey. So if you have any follow-up questions, highly encouraged to join it. The link is right above my face and Jeff's as well. Now, hopefully I'm saying your name correctly, Charlton. Uh, Charlton, but someone who's also a product manager in healthcare, following on earlier Jay's conversation, I saw you raised your hand and you've been waiting patiently. How can we help? Okay. Thanks, Jeff. And yes, it's Charlton. Thank you for that. And I'm actually, so my issue is I'm someone with an engineering background. I'm I'm electrical, biomedical, 
I've completed my MBA. I have adjacent PM experience uh, working as product marketing manager in healthcare. Um, what I would like to do is actually transition into a PM role, either in tech or in a combination of healthcare and tech, like healthcare cloud. What I'm struggling with is actually gaining the opportunity to interview for many of these roles that I'm applying with. And just wondering um, what, if there's any additional suggestions um, that I guess anyone has for landing those opportunities to actually get myself out there. Um, I don't know if, if I'm missing something in the process or maybe I'm networking incorrectly. And what's also weird is a lot of the um, roles mentioned they want prior direct PM experience. Um, as I mentioned, my experience is listed as product marketing manager, like the actual roles that I've worked in. But I feel that I've actually worked as a PM in many of the responsibilities in terms of leading strategic roadmaps, um, innovation workshops, a lot of voice of customer interaction and development of products throughout the product development process. It's it's really just getting, I guess, my face out there and, and past the initial submission of an application. Are there any suggestions for where I should be going? Well, I think this might be super relevant for the topic today, not to limit what the answers could be, but in the interest of time, could an MBA program help with that transition might be one of the elements of this. And not to be limiting on what you're trying to ask, but uh, Kelsey, knowing we started the topic about MBAs and, and Shaylee, uh, what would you recommend as, a, as an approach towards this? Whether or not it is an MBA, it's up to you to answer. But uh, that's typically the thought process. I want to clarify, I have my MBA. I've completed my MBA in 2019. Uh-huh. Well, then that changes the uh, <laughs> question or answer. So, Kelsey, I saw you come off mute. I So, I don't know that I can speak to this directly as someone who stayed in the healthcare industry, but a tool that I found really helpful that I learned about through my program is JobScan or other resume matching tools that you can find online. And I actually use this to land my most recent position. I'm not sure if that's something you've heard of or something you've used, but I think it like truly helps to be able to match your resume to the position that you're applying for because you have the skills, you have the experience, but that helps you have the words to be able to kind of like translate across industries and might be something to consider if you're not using that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'll look into that. You said job scan. Absolutely. And like Red said, I am on the product management Slack channel. So I'd be happy to, you know, ping you that link as well. <laughs> and then Charlton, I'll throw out, I think we've connected. So I think you're aware of the inclusive product management accelerator where we're trying to kind of solve that problem, bringing together some amazing talent and just connecting them with as many people who are hiring as possible so that their best selves can shine. But through that process, I'm also just seeing that, you know, it's a grind. It's really a matter of finding people who will help you shape your story, shape your story about how your experiences have prepared you to be a product manager and really getting connected and, and, and asking them to connect you to somebody else who could connect you to somebody else. It takes a while to find that person who's hiring a first-time PM or the person who's hiring an experienced PM who's willing to look beyond what the, the resume specifically says. But it's really about crafting that story and reaching out to people who will listen to that story and give you advice as to who's looking for somebody just like you with the experiences that you had. So I wish you all the best of luck. And uh, we're here trying to solve that problem here at the University of Washington, opening up doors at scale, helping employers see individuals and recognize the experiences that they could bring to the table. And I'm also happy to connect on Slack and help how I can. 
Red, your stage to manage. Well, as much as I'd like to keep doing so, we have two brilliant minds here that I want to be time sensitive for as regarding the MBA program and how it could be relevant to product management. So you started us off, Jeff, take it home. Closing thoughts, I think, would be the appropriate for this part of the segment and making sure that we really give uh, Kelsey and Shaley, thank you for joining the stage the opportunity to really leave those final thoughts for the audience. So Homeward bound. All right. We weren't trying to sell an MBA program because, again, I think there's other paths to product management. We are just trying to help you make your decision, you and the audience. If you're considering pursuing an MBA, is it right for you? And so, Kelsey, any concluding thoughts as we kind of touched upon that question from different angles? Yeah. From my view, I think an MBA can help accelerate the process. I don't think it's required. I think some of the folks who joined to speak up and ask questions pointed to a lot of other ways that you can break in. Um, shadowing, Nim- Nimish explained that, you know, shadowing PMs is a great way to start to learn um, and trying to understand what they do, what problems they're trying to solve, as well as, like we mentioned before, the analyst roles in addition. So MBA can be a great way to give you the formal side of the education, but really finding ways to have opportunities to solve user problems, your role or potentially adjacent roles can also be another path. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us, Kelsey, a product manager who joined the UW Foster School of Business's hybrid MBA program. So she is doing work day to day as a product manager, studying in the hybrid MBA program and living life, finding that balance as she talked about using uh, her prioritization like a product manager does. Thank you for prioritizing today's conversation and sharing your knowledge with the rest of the community. Uh, Shaylee, we kind of pulled you up on stage um, and we're glad to have you here. Any concluding thoughts regarding the question of, is an MBA right for me as I'm trying to either get into product management or grow my product management career? Yeah. I mean, I would have to say it depends. I mean, I went through and got my technology management MBA at University of Washington because I have bachelor's in biology and wanted to stay within tech and then also wanted to stay as a product manager. But then moving forward, I wanted to kind of dive a little bit more into machine learning and other innovative tech. So it all depends on what your end goal is and what industry you, you would also like to be part of it. Uh, because TMMBA for sure helped me kind of stay within tech and kind of put my foot down within tech in itself. So just my parting thoughts. Thank you, Jeff and Red. All right. Thank you. And then Red, we're after kids playtime, but you've got some concluding thoughts, not just concluding today's show, concluding our year. Let's not have too many tears during this moment as we say goodbye to each other for 2021, but this is a real moment here. Everybody's witnessing Any concluding thoughts for our year together on how to succeed in product management? Wow. You know, I I wish you'd give me some warning (laughs) for that question. That's like the MBA of questions, Jeff. That is just not uh, (laughs) It doesn't depend. There's no depending on this one. It's just pure tears and heartfelt moment. That's fair. Well, I don't want to break my phone with these tears, but man, I'll tell you, we started this year with no idea about how this community would respond to the channels that we were putting in front of them, a clubhouse, uh, a podcast, uh, a Slack group. And in in what, less than a year and what will be 30 episodes, it's less about the metrics 
and more about the results of what we've seen from the community that have really just been inspirational and make me, Jeff, really excited to want to do this with you again next year. So as long as the community keeps saying they want this and as long as we have people who can remind us why, why what we're doing is important by making that jump into product, by asking us for ideas for episodes, by raising their hand and saying, I'd like to jump on stage or coming back week or week. We recognize your faces, we recognize your voices, and it means the world to have that support for what it is we're trying to do with the community. So let's uh, cheers together for 2022 when becoming a product manager will become that much easier for people from all communities, all walks of life from around the world. Wow, Red, gosh, that's like, I got goosebumps. And how am I supposed to follow that? I can't give better concluding thoughts than that. So I just want to say thank you to Kelsey for giving an hour of her time to share how her MBA journey has affected her as a product manager. I want to thank Shaylee, who's been a guest on this show before. Actually, I believe an episode about transferable skills or breaking into product management from a non-traditional background. Uh, So Shaylee, it's great to see you again. And thank everybody for listening week in and week out. We have to thanks Sumeya, who's not here today, but we're wishing her a wonderful new year and thankful for her really bringing insights week after week. So yeah, this is how to succeed in product management. Red made this happen. He's humble about it, but he made this happen. He pushed us on the clubhouse, pushed us to record a podcast. His company, Aptemptive, is sponsoring the cost of turning this into a podcast. And the energy that Red has is inspiring. I hope all of you take If we could bottle up Red's energy for the Product Management Center at the University of Washington, and more importantly, for just helping grow a community of product managers and support them with scientifically backed frameworks and the the doors that we can open and and, uh, the community of people that we have, if we could open that up to everybody, if we could bottle up Red's enthusiasm for opening that up to everybody, the world will be a better place. So I hope you'll join us in 2022 as we return for weekly episodes of How to Succeed in Product Management. And I hope that uh, you'll give back in some way. If you see Charlton, give him a chance to express how his experiences have prepared him for product management. If you want to volunteer and interact with some of the future product managers we have, either in our MBA programs or in the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, uh, we'd love to have you volunteer. So reach out to me on on Slack or on LinkedIn. Even if you don't give back through the Product Management Center, I hope, again, you'll bottle up Red's enthusiasm, take a big drink of it, whatever that means, but uh, take that Red's enthusiasm and give back to somebody some way, helping make uh, product management more inclusive, uh, more diverse, and uh, more skilled by sharing what we know with others. So, Red, I rambled and you like gave poetry. So, can you give one more <laughs> concluding thought to, to end this? On a proper proper note. The good point about concluding thoughts is we uh, can edit this out for the podcast, Jeff. So we can literally say anything we want at this point and just have to feel bad for the uh, souls that are listening live. No, I think um, for the podcast, you got to give something that just like <laughs> mm, ends it, you know? Like, wow, I've got this. I could do this. Yeah, well, you know what? When I turn into a product manager, that'll be the day. And then we'll be able to end the episode that way. But uh, Kelsey, Shaylee, Jeff, at this point, the show, we stop recording and we can have fun banter. I would just like to point out, Jeff, your microphone throughout the year has been so entertaining. If I could just do clips all the time. (laughs) Even focused on your microphone. Can you hear me now? I'm like the Verizon <laughs> commercial. If anybody remembers that guy with the glasses years ago. From <laughs> bloopers, that'd be fun. Oh, the bloopers! You hear that? You hear that, Jeff? You, that we was need bloopers. Last week. We need better ones. We need all the stupid stuff we said that we edited out. 
<laughs> Red's uh, analogies and everything. Yeah, love it. Oh, you know what? They don't have to make sense in your mind. They just have to make sense in mind. It's cathartic. That's all it is. Yeah, there was something about a bull at some point. I didn't. I didn't get it. But <laughs> you know what? I'll take. I'll get an MBA, and then all that will go away. Better analogies. That's if they have an MBA for analogies, please sign me up. I, I don't know, man. I got to say, I don't think that's what we teach. <laughs> Last I checked, that's not in the curriculum. Uh, anyway, thank you, everybody. This was awesome. Uh, Red, I don't know where you're going to... Maybe you could put your concluding thoughts after mine in the final recording. So it's really just... Um, oh, you know, God. <laughs> some magic. Anyway, Shaylee, Kelsey, this was awesome. Everybody, we'll see you in 2022.